Hello, good humans, and welcome to the first actual debut episode of Hello, Good Humans, the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. When I was thinking about who would be my first guest for the first episode, it was kind of a no-brainer because there is somebody, of course, besides my parents and my family, who has been with me through every up and every down and everything in between, and that is my best friend, Brittany. Brittany, say hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, Brittany and I, we grew up sort of next door. I mean, we say next door because it sounds... It sounds better, but it was just around the corner. Just around the corner from each other. We, um, we did drama club. We did show choir. We did choir. We did everything together. There are some stories that will not make it on... Unfortunately. Unfortunately for who? Them. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be entertaining, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for that to be out on the internet for everybody <laughs> to hear quite yet. So before we truly begin with the hard questions, Brittany, what is your go-to coffee order? It kind of depends on the place. Okay. But most places, I will stick with an iced Americano with caramel and cream. Okay. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little spicy, I'll do an extra shot. Okay. Nice. But I do recommend if you're going to Starbucks to get the brown sugar shake and espresso with oat milk. Okay. I do want to say that when Brittany and I would go through the Caribou drive through in high school, all she would have to say was her phone number for the perks, and they would know who she was and what she was ordering. Yes. I was just explaining that, actually. It, it, was, it was remarkable. Yeah. And I would forget my wallet, and they would just let me pay later. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brittany, what are you doing these days? Um, you know, I'm in Nebraska. Nebraska. Currently not working. I had some health issues, and so then I took sick leave. And then now I'm just kind of floating a little bit. Um, I mostly spend time with my cat, my brothers, and my boyfriend. Nice. But, yeah, I kind of just vibe. I don't go out much anymore. I don't do any of that, really. I just kind of... You're a domesticated woman now. Domest yes, I'm a domesticated woman. I like to cook dinner every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is one thing that you really learned about yourself growing up in, in our area? I'm easily influenced. Okay. It's a big one. I mean, and it, it, it really depends on who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't really understand, especially in this area, that when you're around a bad group of people, it's very easy to fall into that. And luckily, I mean, I had you to kind of pull me out of that sometimes, but not everyone has that, especially in this area. And I think it's to find the right community for you to be in is how you thrive in this area. Mm -hmm. Being a young adult in lacrosse is really difficult because basically the only thing to do is drink. Yep. And as somebody that doesn't really like to drink or like to be in public places like bars, yep. it can sometimes feel really isolating when either all your friends are doing that or when you are sitting at home alone. With nothing to do. Mm -hmm. When in reality, I mean... That's what most people do. Yeah. Especially our age. I mean, we're getting up there, you know. We're really not getting up there. Well, yeah. But we're going to be 30 in like five years. <laughs> That's true. Like I said the other day, I'm almost a half of a century. <laughs> <laughs> almost halfway there, man. <laughs> Quarter of a century. but Quarter. But, you know, we're past that. We're mm -hmm. past going downtown and drinking all the time. And, well, we should be, in my opinion. I, yeah. And I just had this conversation with my dad. He's like, it is, that area is just bad. Like, not every, like, with drinking and partying. Like, where I live now, it's not really like that. I mean, there are places and there are people who 
Like, obviously every place has it, but it is not glorified like it is here, mm-hmm. which I think is very important. Yeah, to absolutely. Like, to the people who are feeling isolated and who don't want to drink but are being pressured to, it's not like that everywhere. One of the things that has always fascinated me about our friendship is <laughs> how, thank you, Brittany, is how different we are. Yeah. Because even now, I am working at a church. I would say I'm a pretty wholesome person. And in Mm -hmm. the past, I would not have chosen the word wholesome to describe you. No. (laughs) Not at all. I'm like opposite of that. Yeah. I'm very on the edge. I like to live. I used to, I'll say. I've changed a lot in Mm -hmm. the past two years. But I like to live my life on the edge. Mm -hmm. So close to everything falling apart all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I found myself in dangerous situations where you would never find yourself in some of those, you know? I mean, we have... This is true. ...similar stories that connect, but the details of them are completely different, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's another cool thing about our friendship is that you can go through one thing and I can go through one thing, and a lot of aspects are the same, but they're also completely different. Yeah. So... Looking back at the, I would say, six years that we spent living down the street from each other, mm-hmm. what is one of your favorite memories? Um, pushing you into the ground. Okay, this sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't remember this. We were walking. I would be too scared to walk home alone because it was dark out. Uh-huh. It, would, it would be like 11 o'clock, which now I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was probably past our curfew. Definitely past the curfew. And our, where we grew up is not scary. Nope. The neighborhood <laughs> is not scary at all. I mean, you leave your doors unlocked, your cars unlocked, mm-hmm. whatever. But I was too scared to walk home, <laughs> which a lot of times would just lead to a sleepover, which is what we really wanted. Exactly. But she would walk me home, and then she would walk back by herself, whatever. I would walk Brittany home, and then she would walk me home, and then I would walk her back home, and then our parents would just get... Like, where are they? We're just walking back and forth. It's... <laughs> Which is really like four houses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so you pushed me into the ground. Well, like, I think I actually tackled you into the ground. There's a picture of us, and I'm on top of you, and we're laughing and we're just in this neighbor's yard, just like sitting there <laughs> screaming, laughing. I think about that one all the time. Or how we were sitting on, your your mom was getting rid of a couch. Yep. And we would just sit on the curb on the couch and just, just chill out. Brittany and I were teenagers who really thought that we were doing the most. Yeah. When in reality, we really weren't doing anything bad whatsoever. Like, we're honestly just kind of weird. We were weird. We made a lot of middle-of-the-night trips to McDonald's. Yeah. We thought we were so cool. So cool. We really weren't. We were in my mom's minivan, mm-hmm. which was the worst part about it. So Brittany and I, like I said, we did show choir together. Yep. And I don't know if I have any listeners. I mean, I just started this podcast, so pretty well, much. I'll listen. Okay. If you know show choir, you know show choir. And I feel like if you don't know show choir... You may not really understand, but it's kind of a cult. Yeah. It, no, it is. It is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think some of our favorite memories from growing up were from show choir. Yeah, they're pretty much all stemmed. I mean, that's how I met you. That's true. Well, we met when we were doing the play Pirates of Penzance. Penzance, In yeah. seventh grade drama club. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. Shout out to Mr. Ericky. Wasn't I Polly? I don't remember. Yeah, thanks Mr. Ericky. <laughs> you gave me my best friend. 
Truly. Yeah, because I didn't like you before that. Nope. You didn't. Why why not? Because I was trying to be a jock. <laughs> you were. I was trying to be like a volleyball, basketball girl. Mm-hmm. And I thought drama was for like I had a misunderstanding of what drama was. Mm-hmm. I like thought it's like when we go there and fight. Like You thought drama. it was like drama, like yeah, because okay. Mr. Eric would always say, save the drama for drama. That's true. And so I was always confused. I'm like, well, is it just a club where everyone just goes and talks crap about everyone? Like, <laughs> like I was so confused. But then I, I was like, oh, they're, play- they're plays. They're plays. Yeah, we're acting. Right. So we did a couple of plays together. We did Romeo and Winifred. Were you not in that one? I was not in that okay, one. Okay, never mind. Um, and then we did the summer musicals. We mm-hmm. did show choir. We did the plays. We yeah. did... Yeah, we did a lot. We were very dramatic in and out of drama club. We did not save the drama for drama. No. No, 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 no. Of course not. And it was like us against the world, even though it wasn't. But it felt like that. It felt like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody that's listening has watched Glee. Uh, And I've watched it now in 2023, and I can say there are some jokes that don't quite land the same in a more politically correct culture that we live in now. But yeah. I will say that the the vibe of the show choir kids versus the rest of the school is a real thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Because we we would walk around in our in our show choir jackets and just feel like we were on top of the world, and everybody else thought that we were like the biggest losers. Like, and we were probably we we probably were. If I wasn't in it, I'd probably make fun of us. Okay, one hundred percent. You know, but it's fine. But, like, you're not a mean person. No. I'm, <laughs> clarification. I'm not mean. I make, yeah. But, I mean, towards the end of high school, we broke that barrier a little bit. Yeah. Like, kind of. I mean, the, the, jocks, the jocks started to come watch. That's true. Like, because they were forced. And I hate it the was word, a school assembly. Yeah. But, but I hate the word jocks. But, like, those, kind, those kids, they had to watch us. And then they would show up. That's true. They came to Holman. That's true. And that was a really cool experience because we were all kind of like, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. We and, all just love different things. And they came to watch us. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So Brittany and I fought a lot in high school. <sighs> it was very dramatic. It was usually about boys. Yep. And we were just telling her boyfriend this the other day, but the way that we always apologized to each other was by showing up at each other's house with coffee. Every time. Every time. Um, so yeah, we had kind of a dramatic up and down in our, are you doing ASMR right now or stop? Yeah, sorry. I forgot. (laughs) Um, we had had a dramatic friendship and then we went to college and we did not speak for our first semester of college. And I think we just kind of needed a break from each other Mm -hmm. and we were trying to figure out who we were. Yeah ourselves as adults i was studying music theater you were studying business which is so funny i declined my music scholarship that's right that's Mm -hmm. right yeah (laughs) so i i had no idea who i was Mm -hmm. outside of you or outside of singing Mm -hmm. i had no identity yeah and to me that's why i kind of went off the rails for a long time Mm -hmm. because i didn't know you knew. You always knew, right? Uh, well, considering I started college as music theater and then went to theology, 
I don't, yes. I definitely also went through a transformation, but maybe like a little bit less of a self-sabotage transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we no, say? No, 100%. But I think I always looked at you like, okay, she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of like animosity came from when we were kids because you, I was like, well, she, she already knows. Mm-hmm. She already knows what she wants to do. And it was almost like a, a jealousy within our friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think... Two, I mean, I look at my little sister. She doesn't have a huge friend group like we did. She doesn't, And so she doesn't have that constant competition, and she's better for it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it didn't even come from us. It came from everybody else. Yeah. One thing that I've learned as an adult is really to keep your friends close, keep your circles small. Yeah. I really don't have a ton of friends as an adult I feel like if you look at my Instagram feed you might think differently because I have a lot of people that I'm friendly with or co-workers that I get along with and I'm in a lot of social circles with younger people mm-hmm. that maybe make the Instagram feed but people that I really share my heart with yeah are few and far between well it's the word acquaintances I mean that was always a bad word Mm-hmm. When we were like, if you weren't my friend, you were an acquaintance, and apparently that's a bad thing. <laughs> but an acquaintance isn't a bad thing. It's just somebody that you know and mm-hmm. you're friendly with, but they're not the person that you call when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge misconception. And I think a lot of people in our lives are acquaintances. Mm-hmm. We have to decipher like where you draw the boundary with those people. Yeah, because not everyone deserves to know your secrets. No. But I, but I used to tell everybody. Yeah. Everything. Yep. And then I would get angry when people talked about me behind my back or when things were posted online. Mm-hmm. But I was the one spilling all the tea on myself yeah. because I thought everyone was my best friend. No. I did that too, especially when we were fighting. Mm-hmm. It's everybody else became my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> now you're so dumb. Didn't talk to them for like weeks and then but when we fight, I'm like, oh, hey girl, what do you want to do? You want to go get coffee? <laughs> And then they'd be like, why are you fighting with Zoe again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we have done a lot of growing. Um, you went to Winona. You ended up dropping out. Yeah. Because of mental health, I think, is, what it, was a, yeah. is what it came down to. You then were working full-time at a restaurant, correct? Yeah. Yep. And we have learned for you mm-hmm. that restaurant culture is not the greatest not the greatest culture for me at all i i would say for a lot of people for a lot of people because it you work at night mm-hmm. and when you get done you drink mm-hmm. like that's just what you do and you go to bars and it, it may not be that like that like that everywhere this is just my experiences but it's so alcoholism in that area industry is so glorified and it's so normal Mm-hmm. That like you don't even understand what's happening, mm-hmm. and so when you go out for drinks every night, you're just thinking you're having a nice time, like a fun time. Mm-hmm. But after two years of that same exact thing, you need to drink every day. Mm-hmm. And going back to the differences of our core identities, I was also working at a restaurant at this time, <laughs> and I never went out because I didn't have a fake. And I wasn't 21, and I just could not believe that anybody would do this. <laughs> right. So you were not even 21 when this is happening. No. And, I mean, and again, that's so normal in college, and I'm, I hope that I'm not, like, exposing you for no. that. No, I'm pretty sure everyone knows. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a fake either, and that's the thing, too. Is I, I look older. 
Yeah. So I walk in somewhere and no one's going to question anything. That's true. Especially when I'm with a bunch of people who are in the industry. Mm-hmm. So everyone enabled me. Yeah. So about the spring of our junior year of college. So it was my junior year. It was Brittany's second year in the workforce was when COVID hit. And mm-hmm. so both of our restaurants shut down. We were working at a thrift store together, which was really fun. Yeah. Because we hadn't been that close in a while. <clears throat> I mean, we've, we've always been close, but we, we hadn't hung out. We hadn't been physically with each other no. for that, um, that um, amount of time. We were both living, so I was living at my parents' house during COVID, and Brittany was living at her godparents' house, and both of our living situations were extremely careful about COVID, which is yeah. great. That's oh, that's yeah. awesome. Like, <laughs> we are both in the belief of vaccines and masks and yeah. all of that. Science. Um, <laughs> tea. And, uh, but Brittany was under stricter circumstances than me, so she would... Well, and, and, you know, I, my godparents are, they're not old, but they're older. Mm-hmm. And so they, we didn't even know what it was at that time, to be honest. People That's were true. just dying and nobody knew why. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would go to the store and I would go to the mudroom and I would have to take off the, the outfit I was wearing and throw it in the washer immediately. Mm-hmm. So that the fact that I was sneaking out to go see Zoe... Probably wasn't the best. <laughs> but I will say, because my parents were also strict, we spent a lot of time outside. With, with our masks on, we, Yeah, we went on walks. We sat on the porch, but it was like we could not not see each other. Um, but then you kind of hit a breaking point. Yeah. And you needed to get out of lacrosse. Well, this was, no, that this is, I moved out with Riley. Oh, you're right. No, this is... Yeah, you're a year it's, ahead of you. I am a year ahead. Yeah, I moved, June of 2020, I moved out mm-hmm. with Riley and got Hubble. Oh. Love that guy. Emotional support cat. Yeah. But that is when... So then I had got COVID in June. And after that, I just was not good. And, you know, that whole time I was using. Mm-hmm. That whole time. I mean, when I was with you, I mean, I wasn't really on it when I was with you. Mm-hmm. But that whole time, I mean, when I was drinking, we all knew what I was doing. Yes. So I think, and then when I moved out, I didn't have to hide it really as much. Mm-hmm. But Riley was like, she lived with me, so she saw it. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> that was a time where I was trying to like kind of push you away because mm-hmm. I didn't want you to see it. Yeah. You know, but you knew. I knew. Everyone. I mean. I mean, alcoholism is hard to hide. Yeah, it is. Yeah, especially like when I would leave and not come back for two days. It's like, well, where'd you go? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Okay, yes. So that was that whole basically 2020. Mm -hmm. But I kept it pretty good until like February. Of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. February 2021 is where everything hit and it just went downhill. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything kind of caught up with me. Yeah. All the lies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, pretending to be something I wasn't caught up with me because well and it's hard too because I mean it's a mental illness you were dealing with misdiagnoses from doctors regarding your own mental illness yeah you were on a lot of different medications and nothing was really working yeah well and I think you know there are two there are two reasons why people start using 
hey, you're on the beach, or they're just bored, mm -hmm. or partying went too far, or a lot of it is mentally ill, mm -hmm. and that's the only way you feel something, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. You like the way you feel. So mine was definitely the mentally ill. Yeah. Now, we don't really know what I had. Have. <laughs> have. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was misdiagnosed. I was on a lot of different medications, and it didn't help that either. I mean, during that time, I feel like you were told that you had depression. Yeah. You had anxiety. Yeah. You had bipolar. Yeah. You were told you had borderline personality disorder. Yep. And I did PTSD. And, and getting told all of these things by different doctors is overwhelming and can almost just cause you to freeze and not... Well, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, they've been telling me this stuff since I was 15. Mm-hmm. So from 15 to... How old were you in 2021? 22? 22, yeah. 15 to 22, I had no control. Mm-hmm. Over anything. Yeah. And we have had to learn a lot of boundaries within our friendships because there's a lot of time where I was the only person that you had come to. Yeah. But I'm not perfect myself. I mean, no. we can talk a whole episode about all of my mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because that's how we cope. Yes. Sorry. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny, but... But it's not like I was living in this perfect headspace, just able to support you through everything. I think it was, it was draining me. It was draining you. It was draining the relationships that I was in. My family became a support system. Well, my family has always been a support system for you, but yeah. Well, I, that you, you and your family were the only people I had. Yeah. Besides the Gogos, but they weren't in the know. And just for those of you listening, the Go-Go's are Brittany's <laughs> godparents. Um, and we none of only you... call them the Go-Go's. They're the Go-Go's. Not boy Go-Go or Go-Go-Go. <laughs> so, so Brittany um, <laughs> spent some time in the psych ward. Yes. Wasn't my first. It was my last, though. Um, we hope. We hope. We hope. You know, if you have, if you have, I want to say this. If you have to go, go. Mm-hmm. It's better than being dead. There is such a stigma mm -hmm. around spending time in a mental institution or a psych ward. I'm not sure the correct verbiage of... People think psych ward's offensive, but it's not. Okay. Unless you're mean about it. Inpatient mental health. Inpatient mental yeah. health. Behavioral. Um, so I hope I didn't offend anybody with that. Um, there's a lot of stigma against spending time. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing is recognizing that you are at a place where you do not have control over your own mental health. Especially if you're in a ward where you're able to check yourself in and it's voluntary. Yeah. You're, you're saying, my health is out of my control and I need help. Mm -hmm. So are you willing to talk about kind of what your days looked like while yeah. you were there? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean... <clears throat> I would ask for help because I wouldn't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And then I'd end up there anyway. Yeah. If we all know what I'm getting at. So better to just go by yourself. Mm -hmm. So I remember the first day, I did go to Taco Bell first. I needed a cheesy gordita crunch. Of course. Before going in there. Because from what I remember, the food was terrible. But <laughs> I was proven wrong. Um, <clears throat> my first day, I didn't come out of my room at all. Okay. I didn't want to go out of my room. I didn't want to... Group therapy to me is not... I'm not a person who just shares everything with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, this is easier because there's not people staring at me. 
Right. You know what I mean? But in a, in a setting where you're just all sitting there and, you know, from what we know of, like, if you watch a movie and you see someone in a psych ward, that's what I was envisioning. Mm-hmm. And I was envisioning, like, really bad things. But then I came out of my room and I was so scared that someone was going to recognize me. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, my biggest fear is, like, in that place, someone recognized me. Well, it happened. And I remember just hearing, is it Brittany Parker? And I was like, oh, crap. Who is it? I don't want it. I don't want to know this person. <laughs> Which was, it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, I had a reputation, in quote, quotation marks, that I wanted to uphold. Um, but I, I'm not going to name him, but I, I didn't even know him, to be honest. He was younger than us. He went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. And... I, he actually helped me a lot because he he was like it's not that big of a deal because uh, I was kind of mad that he recognized me and then called me out by name but he helped me like open up and there was like a group of us that would spend time together and play sequence mm-hmm. best game just hands down but I started to get up and that time it was still COVID so we couldn't eat together. Mm-hmm. So we'd get up and we'd sit all in the lobby right outside your door and you ate kind of together, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of group therapy, which was my biggest fear. Um, and mind you, they don't let you have anything. They don't let you have a toothbrush. They don't let you have a comb. They don't let you have anything. That's all locked away. So like I went from being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, to not even be able to take a shower without permission. Mm-hmm. And there's cameras in your room, whatever. But... We were literally in therapy from, like, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then after that, we play games. Hmm. It's honestly a little break. It's like a little, just, it's it's exactly what it It needs to be. It's Mm -hmm. a break from reality. Yeah. And learning to cope outside of society. Well, my biggest thing was always going back into society. Yeah. I struggled to use those coping mechanisms that I learned in society Mm -hmm. because they didn't teach me that. But one thing that you learned this time was that there was a lot of toxicity here in our hometown. Yes. For you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was surrounded in this town by everything that I think bad has ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. I see it at every corner. I see it at every bar, at every restaurant. Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by it. And I'm, I'm a person who's heavily influenced by my environment. Mm-hmm. Heavily. So if I'm in a bad environment, my mental health plummets. Yeah. Because I cannot see through it. Yeah. So where'd you go? I went to, well, first I went to Texas. Yep. Um, so I got out and I stayed there for about a week. Yep. And my dad called me <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? And I, I you know, I filled him in. My dad's my bestie. Um, and he said that my grandma needs help and he heard her cry and in, in that, in our family, if my grandma, Kathy is crying, it's bad. <laughs> so he picked me up within the month and moved me down there. Cause I, I think I left in March. Uh, I want to say yes. Somewhere in there. I don't remember. He moved to Hunt, Texas. Hunt, Texas. Population 50. Mm-hmm. I was in complete culture shock. There was nothing to do. There was no Starbucks. I mean, there was a Starbucks about 30 minutes away. <laughs> so it wasn't horrible. But... Culture shock, there was no Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. But there was, no, there was one bar mm-hmm. 20 minutes away, and there was nothing. And I had just got 
clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got clean, so then I moved there, and it was kind of like a little, like a little rehab. Yeah, like my own little rehab. It was in the middle of nowhere. Uh, deer would come up to the front and eat out of your hand and stuff. It's a really great place. I. <clears throat> so thankful for my grandparents. And I remember your cat was really happy there. Oh, Hubble loved it. He could see outside. <laughs> on the patio. And the big hobby that you took up was? Sewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know my life better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> During this time, Brittany quilted me a quilt. Oh, yeah. Your, your little baby Yoda quilt. She made me a quilt with hedgehogs and baby Yoda in all my favorite colors, and I'm just going to, I'm going to out you with this. That's totally fine. Brittany is somebody who probably has never once actually finished a project. Um, Never finished homework, never finished school projects, always picks up hobbies and leaves them not even half finished, like a quarter finished. Yeah. Um, She would come over to my house and (laughs) make cards and would just like make half of a card and then be done. So when she showed up, at my house with an entire quilt with my initials sewed into it I think I just about lost it yeah honestly I you're right I don't finish projects I don't I I probably will be ADHD not only did you make me a quilt you also sewed our friend who got married a quilt for her and her husband yeah that's like those two quilts it's like a hundred hours of quilting which is amazing. And sewing, yeah. And even though we were in a time of, you know, transition, we were still in a global pandemic, you were there kind of for bad circumstances having to take care of your grandparents. Yeah. I think you just found this solace and this just, like, yeah. total freedom to just be, be you. and Right. And my quilts don't look like, you know, no quilts you find in... Don't sell them short. It's amazing. Well, like, no, like, traditional <laughs> quilts you find in antique shops. They don't look like that. They're cool. They're, like, yes. Well, especially the one I made you. The one I made a friend who got married. Hers was a little bit more traditional, and that's because there's a wedding quilt. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different, my grandma says. I don't know. Obviously. But the one I made you was just fun. I had fun prints. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it didn't look like anything she had made. No, and I, and I remember you going shopping and telling me, like, I found the perfect fabric. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this? And it's Baby Yoda. <laughs> Well, of course. Sorry, Grogu for you. Hate I haven't even movie. seen The Mandalorian. Really? But I just think that Baby Yoda is so cute. You need to watch him. He's so much cuter in the show. Okay, I'll watch it. But apparently you're not supposed to call him Baby Yoda, but I don't care. Baby Yoda. I don't know that song. Okay. But The Mandalorian is really good. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. So you were in Texas for a while. About six months. And then what? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, then I moved to Nebraska. <laughs> Where nobody talks like that. Nobody. Just... No, they all have Midwestern accents. So, In fact, uh, Bernie's boyfriend's with us in the room. Dan? Hello. Does anybody in Nebraska have a Southern accent? A little bit, but she does it way more than anyone. So... <laughs> okay, that's all. It's more fun that way. Okay. You know, it just keeps life interesting. It mm-hmm. keeps life interesting. So, you moved in with your dad. Yeah, which I'd never lived with my dad before. Mm-hmm. I've spent very little time with my dad. I mean, briefly, here and there. <laughs> um, and I was going to move to Omaha. I don't know why. I was like, I'm going to move to Omaha and start this whole new life by myself, and I don't need anybody else. And my dad was like, okay, slow down. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, why don't you just stay here for just a little bit, get, you know, until you're ready to move. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I ended up getting a job at another restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which this experience at this restaurant was completely different in a lot of ways. A lot of the similarities. I have a habit of working myself. Ragged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but this time I didn't, I, I went out and drank sometimes, but it wasn't out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I very much learned my limits. Mm-hmm. Um, I barely drink at all now. Like I have two drinks and I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> done for the week. <laughs> yeah. Done for the month. Like I very seldom drink. Yeah. And not a lot of people get it. They're like, well, you're, come on, drink with us. I'm like, yeah, but that turns into Mm -hmm. three, four times a week and I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, um, but I had worked there for a year and a half, worked my way up, of course. Um, but I, by the end, before I quit, I mean, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was crying myself to sleep every single night and worked 14 hour days. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I was like, this is not the life that I want Mm -hmm. at all. So then I took um, about a month off of work, and I started working with my dad. Mm-hmm. And that went okay. <laughs> I worked nights, mm-hmm. which was an adjustment. I know it's in a dog food, a dog food plant, mm-hmm. which is a setting that I never saw myself in. When you sent me a picture in a hard helmet and a safety vest, mm-hmm. I. I didn't even, I, I, I thought it was a joke. Not because that work is not great work. It is great work for some people. But never what I saw you doing. Because I'm not, I like to work hard most of the time. Uh, but I would just say manual labor isn't something Manual labor is just not my jam. Saw you, you know? doing. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm actually a kind of lazy person. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Your interests just fly elsewhere. Right. Like I like to do certain different types of work. I can see you working like at a coffee shop or in a bookstore or in a craft store. Right. But I'm not, I guess what I meant to say is I don't like to carry 50 pound bags and go up and down stairs. Uh-huh. That is not who I am. I'm not, I, nope. Yeah. So I worked there for about, I worked there in total for like four months, mm-hmm. but I was off a of sick leave. I was on sick leave for two of it. Right. And we don't we don't have to get into all of the medical stuff, no, but we're, that's just a whole different. She is finding. She's gonna find a path, that works for her and her body and her brain. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do an episode, in a year when we find out when that is. That'd be kind of fun. It would. Yeah. So I just thought of this. I was not planning on asking you about this, but, you were writing a poetry book. Yeah, I still have it. And I think that that poetry was born out of a really dark place. Yes. When you read your poems back now, do you still identify with them? Or does it feel like a different person? I, okay. So I had this realization the other day with my therapist. Go to therapy. It's great for you. Thank you. I was talking about my inner child. Mm-hmm. We were talking about six-year-old Brittany. Mm-hmm. And what does she look like? So when I Six? Lo- six-year-old? Six-year-old. Okay. Yep. Now, these poems are not from when I was six. I mean, some of them could have stemmed from that. Mm-hmm. But when I look back at those poems, and I rarely read them, very rarely, sorry, read them because it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. 
like genuinely sad and I know that they could help other people I was gonna publish it I know for a long time and then but I was too obsessive about it I was too I wanted to per, had to be perfect mm-hmm. and that it took away from what the poems were mm-hmm. so I stopped even looking at it for a long time because I, I kind of stopped thinking like that too yeah like I, I don't just wallow in self-pity anymore mm-hmm. sometimes you know you need a pity party for like an hour every day well not every day <laughs> Not every day. But every once in a while, you know, you're like, oh, my life sucks today. And I'm going to let it suck for a little bit. Yeah. You know, because you just need to feel it. But but those poems were born from a place where you felt like that all the time. All the time. There was no escaping it. I mean, I remember you, we were at Jules, our favorite coffee shop. Oh, still is. <laughs> and I remember you let me read some of them. And, and it was scary. It was, it broke my heart knowing that you felt the way that you did. Well, and I think what puts it in perspective is that you guys knew that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. But when you read the words of what I'm struggling with, yeah, and it becomes real, mm-hmm. you're like, wow. I mean, like, yeah, holy crap. Like, are you okay? You know? Yeah. But I know that a lot of people feel that way. And I know a lot of people have struggled to articulate the words for I mean, because depression is a monster. Mm-hmm. I, I picture it as a big, black, shadowy monster mm-hmm. that just lurks in the shadows. And it's like barely, it doesn't have eyes, you know. And when you start putting words to that, people kind of look at you a little differently. Yeah. Like they honestly are like, you're crazy. Because you have you can describe something that some people can't even see. Mm-hmm. So I, I do read them from time to time. But I just. And you're, and you're not crazy. No, I'm not crazy. You're not. No, not at all. But I, I feel like I see a younger version of myself, and I want to hold her hand. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do, is I wish that I could I could hold her hand and give her a hug. Like, I picture younger versions of myself mm-hmm. who needed me now to say, it's okay. You're going to be fine. You know? And I, and I can surely say for the first time, probably since we were 12, I can see you showing up for yourself. Yeah. And advocating for yourself and caring for your happiness mm-hmm. and your health. Which is something I've always neglected everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would literally have to be like, Brittany, heavy brush your teeth this month. Yeah. I mean, literally. That's, that's an exaggeration, but. But I mean, it. sometimes in my life it came down to that. Yeah. Like, the, I mean, have you was... showered? <laughs> like, and it wasn't that I was dirty or nasty. I just could not get myself to do it. Mm-hmm. So now that you're in a better headspace. Yeah. What are three things that you do for self-care? I listen to myself. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel like socializing, I don't. And that's okay. I've learned that I'm actually kind of an introvert. Amen. Which everyone has always assumed I was an extrovert. And I'm a little bit of both. You're a wild, wild introvert. Yeah. But (laughs) most days I, I prefer to sit by myself. Yeah. I mean, you and I have always laughed because we will go out and we will just laugh and be the life of the party we're we're always the class clowns and then we go home to whoever's house we're staying at and it's like we could just sit on our phones or Mm -hmm. sit in silence and read for like four hours yeah and it's not because we don't want to talk to each other it's because we just need to unwind and recharge Mm -hmm. and that's another thing too is i let myself recharge Mm -hmm. and i stick up for myself Mm-hmm. Which is, again, 
something I've never done before. And I validate my own feelings. So even if I'm feeling extra whiny that day and I'm just mad at nothing, I still validate that I'm having a bad day. My feelings could be because I'm hormonal or Dan breathed wrong or like whatever. But or it's just a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can just have a bad day and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the people in my life now that I keep close to me, which is like you, Riley and Dan and Taylor from Nebraska, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> But I do a good job at, like, surrounding myself with people who are going to say, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Go just have a bad day then. And a a bad day does not mean a bad life. No. Yeah. Like, I can take a minute, recharge. If I take five minutes that I need, if I need five minutes, if I take it, I'm better for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is something I learned. (laughs) So you you listen to yourself, you recharge, and... Validate. Oh, okay. Any validate. I was really hoping you'd say you play Sims. Well, I, so I haven't because my laptop exploded. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say exploded. I would say I would say it just stopped working. And to me, that exploded because I played on a Mac. Right. Which is not a good laptop to play a multi-gigabyte game on. And we're starting to talk about things I don't really understand. Right. But I will say that when you text me and say, I made you on Sims, it's like my favorite thing ever. Oh, I, that's, I love to do that. I love to just like, I've made you in Ben. You, you create your friends, your friends' lives. You, you create their futures. Yeah. And it is, what their children are going to look like. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. I love I, it. I'm pretty good. I mean, the, some of the facial stuff I'm pretty bad at. It's okay. You're working with like, a video game. Yeah. But once I get a new computer, it's going to be game over. Because I'm going <laughs> to download all that custom content. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's uh, I've, I've started to tune out. I can't. Yeah. It's just like cuter clothes. Okay. For okay. the Sims to wear. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you know, we, we truly could talk for like four hours. Yeah. And I fully intend on having you on like every time you come home to visit. Just be like a Brittany update. Brittany's Every- home. <laughs> Brittany's home. Oh. It's time for another update. But I'll I'll leave everybody with this final question: If you could tell your twelve year old self something, the twelve year old self who lived next door to me, who would get a ride to school even though it was two blocks, <laughs> and who was amazed that my mom let or made me walk to school. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, <laughs> duh. Don't you want a ride? <laughs> if you could tell 12-year-old Brittany something, what would you tell her? I guess I would tell young Brittany to hold on. Yeah. Because she tried to give up way too many times. Mm-hmm. And it was too easy for her to. Just hold on. Keep going. And I have that tattooed on my shoulder. Keep going. Yeah. It's such a simple little thing, but just keep going through it. And honestly, everything, I would tell her that everything you're about to go through is going to make you who you're going to be. And I think that's important for her to know because when she went through all that kind of stuff, she didn't understand why. And I still don't. I still don't understand why I went through the things I went through. But I, I know 
that I had to go through them mm-hmm. in order to be the person that I'm going to be, which is a pretty amazing person, not going to lie. Um, agreed. <laughs> but I would tell her that one day it'll make sense. Yeah. And she's going to help so many people, whether she realizes it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I hope everybody that listens to this, whether it's one person or a thousand people manifesting that, Mm -hmm. I hope that they can hear that you have literally gone to hell and back and they don't even know, they don't even know 1% of what you have actually gone through. Yeah, no, we didn't even get into it. I mean, honestly, it would, it would require content warnings and... Trigger warnings. and (laughs) And maybe someday we can talk about it if you want to or if you feel called to doing that but I hope that people can listen and really just hear resilience and I mean you've truly come out on the other side and doesn't mean that everything is perfect now but and it's not I mean but I don't take something bad happening to me right now and it's it's not the end of the world anymore Mm -hmm. and it was every time it was every time so one more final question (laughs) on a light lighter note okay perfect what is your most played song on Spotify right now? Oh my god, are you sure you want to know? I, yeah, I asked. Okay, so we'll go to the on repeat playlist because that's where you can see it. While she's looking for this, uh, if you're listening and you're still here, 50 minutes later, thank you. I really appreciate the support and um, subscribe to the podcast channel and follow me on Instagram at hellogoodhumansxo to keep up with episodes posting. All right, what's your song? Okay, I'm going to give you the four. Okay. So you can really see what a complex human I am. Okay. The first one's A Boy's a Liar Part 2 by the Pink Pantheress. Okay. Number two is Cardigan by Taylor Swift. Wow. Number three is Rescue by Lauren... Lauren Daigle? Yeah. You know that she's a Christian artist, right? I do, actually. I am so impressed. Which is very... Yeah, that's surprising for me. And then the fourth one is Give Me More by Britney Spears. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything else that I can say to really sum up you as a person. (laughs) So, uh, thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh yeah. You're a good human. You're a good human. Thanks. All right. Bye. See you later.